Hey guys, welcome back to episode 18 of MacBook Pro. It's your boy Macklin here. It's a good Friday here in Berlin, so it's a holiday. And I gotta tell you, I'm very excited to have today and Monday off. It's just been, it's been a lot recently. There's just been a lot uh, on my mind lots of ups and downs as I've shared. And in general, I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like on one hand, I've never been happier and I've never felt more in tune with myself. But on the other hand, I feel like my life is like spiraling out of control. And I think it's just something that happens naturally when you have like a project, if you will, a project that you see as becoming your full-time thing. And that's definitely where I'm at right now, where, you know, something that I'm working on, I know in the very near future, it's going to become the focus for me uh, career-wise. And that's kind of the thing that excites me and it electrifies me, but it also scares the living shit out of me. And something that I've found extremely helpful is having conversations with other people that have started their own thing. It's like this group of psychopaths that kind of all share, you know, their own struggles and they make you feel like it's okay to to be crazy essentially because everyone that starts their own thing i mean of course you can be excited but there's definitely going to be a part of you that's wondering if you're actually just insane you know if you're just doing something that won't actually work and running the risk of not being able to put food on the table for yourself so that's what's been on my mind recently and it really confuses me, if I'm being honest, because I don't know how to feel on any given day. The good news is, though, because I've been doing so much work on myself and trying to really get to the root of some of the things that I believe are holding me back, uh, spiritually, emotionally, whatever it is, that even though life feels like it's really chaotic right now, I know that I'm moving in the right direction, at least like from a spiritual and emotional level. So it's all good. And it's just, you know, something that I need to take a step at a time and realize that projecting into the future is not really going to serve me. So I just wanted to give you a quick update on where I am in my life and, you know, how I kind of see things going. And to be honest, like, I'm in such a good mood this morning. I never record podcasts in the morning because I'm always working at this time. 
but it's 9 13 uh the sun was i don't know if it is going to be but it was shining earlier today in berlin and yeah it's i'm just so happy i'm just so happy with the way that my life is going um even though i'm scared shitless sometimes but last night i went out for dinner with a couple of my neighbors who are in a relationship they're really lovely i really enjoy spending time with them and i guess i just you know have been focusing so much on work in one way or another that i've felt like i've i've been neglecting friends that aren't reaching out to me directly you know they're the friends that do reach out i get back to but it's hard to make time to think about the other friends that you might not have hung out with in a while that also are not really reaching out and yeah i i saw my neighbors last night and then um a few days ago i saw a really dear friend of mine that i haven't seen in a long time and we went for a lovely walk with coffees in the sun and my dog and it was just so beautiful and yeah i feel like a little kid <laughs> i know i know i sound like i probably sound like a little kid because my voice is so high when i get excited but um it's nine o'clock in the morning and I get to do something that I love right now. And just something that I would do recreationally and it feels so great. And then I just have the entire day ahead of me to think about, you know, the business and everything else that I, that I've been working on. So it's really incredible. And I do feel very, very fortunate for the the chance, you know, to, to have today off and have fun with this. As you guys probably know, if you listen, I'm usually recording these podcasts like right before I fall asleep at night. So, you know, like 10 30, 11 o'clock sometimes. And it's tricky because I really do believe that our energy waxes and wanes depending on the time of the day. And I do tend to be very excited in the morning. Like, yeah, this is maybe not even the the peak of of how excited I can be in the morning. If someone, you know, if I'm if I'm with someone like romantically or like a friend, and we're waking up super early to go on a trip, especially if it's a trip to, I don't know why, but like I'm thinking right now, like a a big, like somewhere that's like forested, so you know, either going camping or going hiking or, you know, somewhere that's near forests, I usually get very, very excited. Um, and I, I don't know why, but the place that comes to mind right now is Washington, like Seattle, that area. Because I think, yeah, I think that that's just a super beautiful area. Um or when I went to Rügen, which is up, I almost said upstate, <laughs> which is uh, in the north of Germany. There's a lot of beautiful forests there. So if you ever want to see me like excited, like a little kid on Christmas, it's like waking up at, I don't know, four thirty, five, or six o'clock and just like getting on uh, with a really long hike or some kind of, some kind of trip. So Anywho, 
I have been thinking a lot about a bunch of different topics recently that I'm excited to to share with you guys. And, you know, as usual, I just kind of let things come as they will. I try not to prepare too much because I don't want this to turn into some kind of like scripted podcast where, you know, I'm just constantly coming up with new ideas and forcing the show to go in a specific way. I I just like to keep things like a normal conversation. So um, someone asked me the other day, how do you talk for 45 minutes by yourself? I said, it's pretty easy. (laughs) I just, (laughs) I just keep going. And I think it might be more difficult if I had everything scripted because then maybe if I didn't, you know, script it properly and I had less content than I thought, then I'd have to come up with something on the fly and maybe it would just feel inauthentic somehow. So this is easier for me, um, but I also think it's a more effective way to carry the message. (laughs) To carry the message. That was not supposed to sound philosophical or, you know, weighty. I just mean to get my point across. So something that I become more and more conscious of the older I get is how human beings, regardless of their age, are still just kind of like software patches of who they were when they were younger. And you see a lot of movies and stuff, at least, you know, I used to notice this when I was like a kid. There was like a clear divide between what a child is and what an adult is. And I always believed there would come an age when conditions would like natural conditions would create a very strong boundary between thinking like a child and thinking like an adult that one day I would just become an adult and I guess there's tv shows like Codename Kids Next Door for instance that's a good example um you know, where there's like such a clear divide or pretty much like all cartoons. I mean, okay, that was a generalization. A lot of cartoons, um, like Fairly Odd Parents, uh, Rugrats, you know, there are jokes there, obviously, for the parents that watch it with their kids. But, you know, there are even TV shows where like they don't show, like cartoons where they didn't show the parents' faces. So there was like a very clear divide between like what a kid was and what an adult was. And I guess as I get older, I just, you know, realize like people don't necessarily reach an age where they just start to figure everything out. It's not just like something that happens to you naturally, the way that your hormones, you know, naturally uh, increase and then decrease over time based on your age or your metabolism or you know, for being a guy like your facial hair, for instance, or your lack of hair as you get older as a guy. And so, so much of people becoming an adult, I would say actually most of becoming an adult is making a conscious effort to become an adult because adding responsibility to your life is not, it's not that much fun after you get over the honeymoon phase of being an adult. Like once you have independence and you can stay up as late as you want and you can 
make your own decisions about where you're going to live and who you're going to spend your time with and how you're going to spend your free time, then it becomes kind of like mundane um, or can feel that way. And so to actually become an adult requires a lot of work and conscious effort and I used to judge adults that did things that I couldn't understand when I was younger because I would think to myself, you're an adult, you should know better. Like you're in your 50s, you should be making better decisions. You're in your 60s, the same goes for people that are, you know, in their 30s and 40s. I really thought that like by the time that you reach 25, you are a fully fledged adult and you just continue to learn from your mistakes and you are always 1% better than you were yesterday. But I guess I also took for granted that the people that I was looking up to in a lot of cases were people in the personal development and philosophy space. And I guess I just assumed that everyone naturally had that 1% better mindset. Which is, again, it's not to say that like, if you're not trying to improve yourself 1% every day or whatever it is, like that doesn't affect your worth as a human being. But I think it does go hand in hand, like having a growth mindset with becoming an adult. Because as I mentioned, being an adult is difficult and I don't have any children. But I would imagine, based on how my mom made sacrifices for me and my brother, that there are so many moments in your life as a parent when you ask yourself, whether it's consciously or not, you know, is this, am, is this the right decision for me? Is this sacrifice that I'm about to make for my child? In my mom's case, it was that she moved my brother and I from Oklahoma to New York she, I guess, legally kidnapped us because the laws in Oklahoma were just in my father's favor because he's a guy. And it didn't matter how abusive it was, he was. It didn't matter how, you know, how much of a drunk he was or anything like that. They still did not want my mom taking us away from him. And, uh, you know, imagine that, right? Like that's a, a sacrifice that as a child you take for granted because the decision is made for you. And at that point, you don't have enough life experience to even be able to relate to what's going through your mother's mind and what is existing within the relationship. So you kind of just make a judgment based on how your little brain at the time sees things. But as you get older, and I don't know if this is the case for everybody, but I think at least the people that, you know, I surround myself with, as you get older, you start to become more empathetic and understanding of the conditions at, at, at play and being more aware of how you make decisions in your own life and how if you had been put in the same position as your parents, you might have done something similarly. So maybe you start to fault them less for the way that they raised you and you hold yourself more accountable. I would say that's at least the case with myself. 
I can also imagine that there are people, because I know some, or I've known some, I should say, who, you know, actually the older they get, the more they blame their parents for the way that they turned out and the less able they feel to um, take accountability for their own actions. But for me, at least, I just find that it's so interesting to ask my mom questions and ask my grandma questions. Sometimes I like interview them, not for the podcast or anything, but like the questions that I ask are extremely personal and really deep and just really like, and for me, they're interesting. You know, I'll ask my mom, like, what was going through your head when this happened? And then I'll ask her like more graphic detail about like, you know, an incident um, in her life. Like, you know, I'll ask all of the, the, the surrounding questions to really understand the situation. When I said graphic details, I realized that might have been like, that might have sounded uh, like there's a connotation there that makes it sound somehow like really heinous in nature. But I guess like just asking for supporting information and continuing to drill deeper into that supporting information until I feel like I have a more holistic understanding of it. Because when you're a parent and your child asks why, you need to frame it in a way that the child will understand, but you can't give them all the information because then that just opens up a lot of new doorways where they might be confused and ask more questions. And it also might not be something that a child needs to know. But when I was a kid, I was always very lucky that my mom wanted to talk to me like I was an adult, but she gave me, and she continues to give me so much fucking love. It's crazy. I took that for granted for so long. I thought everyone was given the kind of love that I got from my mom. But just yesterday we were talking, um, ah, fuck. I know if I go down this, this line of thinking that I might forget to go back and finish up what we're talking about. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to risk it, guys. I'm going to risk it. Um, a lot of parenting books from the 20th century talked about whether or not a parent should actually pick up their child when they're crying, you know, how to, how to care for the child when they express anger, um, you know, pretty much what the role of the parent should be in the development of the child. And a lot of the uh, popular advice ignored natural instinct and also ignored the way that things had been done uh, previously. So like when a baby is crying, you know, the, the idea was just walk out of the room and ignore it. Or if your child had a temper tantrum, put them into timeout. And, you know, my mom was telling me yesterday that she actually like went against a lot of the advice that was given to her by other people because she didn't feel like that was her natural response as a mother like in her biology she was feeling something completely different than what a lot of these books were saying so she would always you know hold me and my brother and always make sure that you know we were happy and you know not just like give us the cold shoulder and i mean that's just one example and my childhood would confirm this as well because I can think about all the times that my mom just gave me like an incredible amount of love. And I just assumed that other people had that too. But I know now based on friends and based on 
other conversations that I've had with people that they didn't get that kind of love from their parents. And that's not the only kind of love that there is, obviously. But being talked to like an adult, for me, really gave me the opportunity when I was a child to feel like, I guess to just feel like I was trusted somehow. Like I wasn't just like a stupid child that would never understand things. My mom didn't didn't baby me in that kind of way. And we would have really long conversations about things like ever since I was like probably seven years old because I would just continue to ask questions. And, you know, even with like the situation that happened with my dad or, you know, situations that, hap- that, that we found ourselves in financially and stuff like that, my mom was always willing to talk about things and she didn't dismiss the topic ever. And it's something that I am very grateful for and realize that as a parent, I personally think it's the the best way to go about communicating with your child because if it's true that other people also experience the world the way that I do in the sense that they don't feel like there's like one day that happens when all of a sudden they're an adult, you know, at the age of 25 or whatever it is, then it's a, it's a much more gradual process that you have a lot more control over. You know, how would I want my child to interact in the world? I would probably want them to have always felt like they were becoming an adult, which is not to say that they wouldn't have an amazing childhood and have, you know, imagination. Um, because I think, first of all, it's so important to instill a sense of wonder in your children and imagination. I still have my imagination. I've never lost it. I can imagine the most bizarre shit and I, you know, I can still kind of like speak the way that I did when I was probably like in fourth grade in terms of, you know, the kinds of ideas that I have. And I think maybe I could be like a good, a good, uh, children's book author or something like that. But obviously chat GPT is here and we'll probably write all of the books um, from 2024 onward. Um, and so I, I guess it's a bit of a balance, you know, it might even sound counterintuitive that you would be so honest with your children and so um, communicative um, because maybe the thought is, well, I don't want my kid to grow up too fast. But if you just have conversations with them and you're still like a good parent who takes care of them and, you know, has fun with them and really tries to be like the best version of yourself with them, obviously you're going to make mistakes. I don't know. I'm not a parent, but you know, I can kind of reverse engineer and think about my mom. You know, she made a lot of mistakes, but she, her intent was always acting with love in her heart for, for us first, me and my brother, or sorry, I was thinking if that was grammatically correct for me and my brother and, you know, for our other family members and, and her friends as well. And I, I tell her all the time now that you know, she's got to start focusing more on herself because she has just given so much of herself to other people and to other causes that, you know, sometimes I worry that she doesn't take the time to really like care for herself in the sense that like, you know, she doesn't treat herself to things. She doesn't kind of allow herself 
to do nothing once in a while. She's always moving. She's always got stuff going on. And it's her decision to make, right? That's not my goal. It's not my place. I just, I worry for her. And I also realize that life is very, very short. Like extremely short. Like an entire month has gone by and I have no idea where it's gone. An entire the entire year so far has gone by and I have no idea where it's gone. And I think, yeah, it's about, well, <clears throat> I was about to go into a different topic, I realized, but um, I think it's really important to keep that in mind when you're making decisions about, you know, how you spend your time with people to just remember that time doesn't slow down probably only accelerates because we find ourselves in similar routines that our brain goes on autopilot a lot more than it used to when everything was new. But it's just really important that we are conscious of, you know, how we do decide to spend the time that we have. And if we feel like we're spending time with people that actually drag us down, then we need to make changes to ensure that there are less people like that in our lives and more people that instill a sense of disbelief and wonder into us because the way that they think and behave and and just in general operate in this world makes us think that there might be you know something more to it and i've talked about my friends before but i have quite a few that just continue to floor me in terms of how amazing our friendship is and just, you know, how they think and how they behave and act and whatever. It's inspirational and really beautiful. So there's that. And I guess like on the topic of, I guess like on the topic of being an adult and just being eventually becoming a parent, which I, I do think is going to happen. Um, I realize like there's just so much shit to figure out about yourself and your existence. You know, every single day I I go through my, my routine that I've talked about where I, I write out my affirmations of a pretty midterm length goal that I have. And then I write my journal for three pages and then I meditate for like 30 minutes and I don't know exactly how, if, if phrasing it this way is going to do it justice or not, but there, and I don't know if I'm going to, you know, get the concept completely right, but there's the concept in psychology, I guess it's psychology. It's called the Kruger-Dunning effect. And pretty much what it means is that the more the more someone familiarizes themselves with a particular area, I guess, like an area of study or a specific like application of a technique, um, the less, okay, so the less someone knows, the more they think they know, and the more they know, the less they think they know. And I don't know, I guess you people also relate it to like, one's intelligence 
saying that somebody who's like not very intelligent will think that they know more than they do and somebody who is extremely intelligent will think that they know more know less than they actually do and i find and maybe just to actually elaborate a little bit more on that it has a lot to do with one's confidence in their understanding of something because when you're entering uh, a dark room and you have your flashlight and you shine it at one particular area of the room in your brain you might think well this might be like a substantial part of the room you don't realize how big the room is until you start to shine your flashlight in other areas of the room and it becomes an even larger room and then you shine it even further and you're like holy shit this is a room that i can't even see the other side of so what i thought was like half of the room is not even like a hundredth of the room and it changes your perspective and your understanding of the subject itself so if you're listening to this and you know this concept really well and i've butchered it please dm me and let me know uh, or you can write a blog article saying that i don't know what i'm talking about and uh, i'd be happy to read it if you want to send it to me but the reason i bring this up and apply it to spirituality and life and your understanding of like what being a human is is that i also think that that concept directly impacts how you navigate your own life or it can it can impact how you navigate your own life there are a lot of people that think that they have their shit together because they don't try to get their shit together they kind of just accept themselves as they are it's not about self-acceptance by the way in the traditional or in like the spiritual sense i'm not talking about somebody who says you know i'm at peace with my flaws and this is this is where i this is where i am and i'm very happy you know to to be the person that i am it's not it's not accepting that it's more like people that just kind of have a fixed mindset and they just accept that this is the way that things are that they're never going to get better and when you apply you know that concept the kruger dunning effect to your spirituality i think it really does put things into perspective because like like socrates says i don't know i'm going to paraphrase uh all i know is that i don't know Oh my God, I think I just accidentally quoted Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, well, not his, not, it was one of his songs. Um, but I think it's a different rapper on that song. Now I have to look up the Socrates quote so that I don't. Okay, well. Oh, so I actually was about to get the quote right, which makes me actually realize that this song that was in my head, all I know is I don't know nothing, was them actually just quoting Socrates. So respect. But um, yeah, I mean, Socrates, I had an entire class uh, about this on, uh, sorry, I had an entire class about this at Michigan. And our professor argued that Socrates, well, I guess it's not really arguing if it's a consensus, but anyway, argued that um, Socrates was in saying that not because he wanted to be profound, but he was actually like fucking with the people that were trying to sentence him to death. 
you know, trying to, he was playing coy, if you will. So anyway, um, the older I get, the more I realize that there's so much more to know and it makes it quite difficult for me to accept anything at face value because I just want to understand how it fits in to my understanding of the world and then actually test whether or not it works for me, if whether or not it applies to my life. And if I can find truth in it, then I will adopt it. But every single piece of truth that I adopt, unless it really comes from a place of like deep, deep, deep spiritual connection, something that might have been revealed to me somehow through my own life, whether it's a lesson that I learned or what have you, I will kind of keep as a temporary passenger on my bus. And so I operate with a sense of, you know, beliefs and ideas, but I know how these ideas and beliefs can change over time. And so I'm not married to really any of my beliefs and and thoughts because I know that I've felt that way in the past about certain beliefs and thoughts. And then once I had new information, they kind of disintegrated and I no longer believe them, even though at the time before that happened, I could never have imagined them not being true. Like, I can give one example. I really used to believe when I was in my early 20s, like, I just needed to find somebody in a relationship who was willing, like, who fit me perfectly and who was willing to accept that this is exactly how I am and always will be, like, from a romantic standpoint. So, like, I've I've been just so, I mean, I really don't know if I should broadcast this, but I have definitely been a very selfish person in my life. I've been inconsiderate. I've been um, inconsistent in relationships. And in the beginning of the relationship, when everything is going well, it's easy to overlook this for the, like for the other person to overlook it or for you to be so happy that you kind of just like let it, maybe you'd like don't allow it to enter the relationship too early because you're just so excited. You're not even thinking about it consciously. But I think like what happens over time, and I've mentioned this before, is that you know the walls do come down and then you kind of see who you're really with. And that belief of just thinking that everything was kind of going the way that it should go because I'm not going to change. So I just need to find somebody who's willing to fit into this like mold that I have, this cookie cutter. Um, When I started to realize that like in all the problems that have existed in my life, at least the problems that were like really close to my life, really close to me, I started to realize that they all have something in common, which is that I'm involved somehow. And when you realize that you're involved somehow in a bunch of different problems, it's kind of similar to like when the police are investigating a crime and they start to see that there's one person that's at the crime scene of all of these crimes, eventually that person or quite quickly, I would say that person becomes a person of interest or the prime suspect. 
And so it's so easy to think that like you are not the problem, that you're just the victim and that all these things happen to you. And you wonder, you know, why am I in relationships with people that don't fulfill me? Why am I, why do I feel like this person that I'm with um, doesn't treat me the way that I want to be treated? Why does it feel like we have all these fights? Why does it feel like, you know, just when things are getting good between us again, something else happens? And if you're not conscious of it, it's really easy to say like, oh, it's the other person's fault. The older I get though, the more I realize it's just probably just as much my fault as it is the other person's fault. There was a girl that I was with for the first four years of my romantic life, if you will, the beginning of my romantic life, which probably started, I mean, we could probably say when I was 17 was like the real beginning. And, you know, there was definitely a lot of toxicity and emotional manipulation, like for sure, a ton of it. Uh, And I, I will say Uh, I would probably actually argue that it was on her side, at least in the beginning, because like we were in this like semi relationship where I've, I've already mentioned this in previous episodes, but if it's your first time listening, I was with this girl in high school and we started to go to like different colleges, but we stayed together and we were in love and you know, she would tell me that she loves me and I would tell her that I love her back. And then at some point, like very soon after the us falling in love in high school started, you know, she was already having sex with like ex-boyfriends and telling me about it. And it devastated me at the time because I felt like really confused that she would tell me she loves me and she wanted to only like spend time with me and marry me and blah, blah, blah. But then she's, you know, turning around and doing something that really, to me, felt like a complete violation. And her reasoning was that we were not boyfriend and girlfriend, and therefore I could not expect her to stay single, or sorry, to stay committed. <laughs> and that really hurt me because I felt in a way like I was in this emotional limbo where I didn't want to lose her. And I thought maybe if I hold on long enough, eventually I'll have her heart But the other part of me was like, dude, you are literally becoming a little bitch. You're literally letting someone else tell you how you should like feel about yourself. And, you know, to take it a step further, it's like we all have boundaries, right? We all have our own boundaries that we expect people to respect. And when you allow those boundaries to just be walked all over, which in my case, it was more about wanting to actually be in something committed with her, but not having the guts to say it to her, that made me feel like I wasn't able to respect myself and therefore wasn't really worthy of of any positive treatment anyway. And that's how it becomes this like cycle where, you know, you see people that are, are with abusive boyfriends or girlfriends and they or husbands and wives or you know maybe they have like a an abusive relationship with their child and their child you know hurls insults at them and they just you know feel like they deserve it um 
but you see it happen a lot. And, you know, in my case, I just didn't want that to become my life ever again. And in, in the beginning after it ended, which was about like four and a half years later, it was on and off for a very long time. I initially thought, okay, this, it was all her fault, right? You know, she was making these decisions. She was hurting me. And if she really loved me, she wouldn't have done that. But as I've gotten older, especially recently, I've realized, you know, I was complicit in this. I was, yes, sure, I was young and in love. But I also had decisions that I could have made. And maybe if I had already been working on myself at that age, instead of smoking weed every single day, maybe I would have realized a lot sooner that I have full agency over my actions and over the, and over many of the outcomes of my life. And in relationships that happened after that, you know, there were things where I, you know, I blame the other person for those things and they, nothing was really ever like black and white the way that it was with my first relationship you know, most of the things that I blamed people for or that I blamed girlfriends for um, later on were more minor. It's like the little things that build up over time. And it's just really important, I think, to be conscious of the fact that like when you are at every single crime scene, it is completely fair and realistic for people to start to realize that you are also potentially a suspect. And so don't be surprised if you constantly complain to your friends about all the problems that you have. And eventually one of your friends asks you, hey, why are these things happening to you then? It seems like a lot of weird stuff happens. Don't you think it's time to ask yourself these tough questions? You know, don't be surprised if somebody asks you that or if somebody like, frames it in a way that makes you feel like you're being attacked because so much of being accountable is recognizing when you need to like own your own shit and like actually just take this the steps forward to becoming a better adult so yeah um that was that was pretty much i don't even know if there's anything more that i'm gonna say about this but that was pretty much like my initial thought on the matter and it's really cool to to be an adult and to realize that like every single day you have these choices that you can make. Like I guess that's the positive spin on it. For other people, maybe it's like overwhelming because there are so many choices that you can make on a daily basis. But it's exciting. There's just so much to do and to see in this world that we live in. And there's so much that we don't see and that we don't experience if we just go through our lives the way that we're expected to, like the way that others in our lives expect us to. You know, if everyone just did what was considered normal by any societal standard at any time, I really believe that society would probably have stayed quite stagnant over time. But what ends up happening with a lot of 
what what ends up happening in every single time period is that a small group of people do things that are a little bit different or very different from what is expected behavior and then they usher in new periods of time and i don't you know i'm not necessarily saying that that's like the the end goal although that is my goal i would like to reach a point where i'm part of something that's like I don't know, like somehow uh, revolutionary, but there's levels to it. And I think like on the societal level, that's obviously like a huge stage to be on. But if you drill it down to like the individual level and like how you as a person interact with your friends and your family and make decisions around your career, if you just do things that other people expect you to do, and you just end up getting the results that they're getting, which maybe you didn't want at all, it's not really surprising because you're kind of just putting the same ingredients into the food and expecting somehow it's going to taste different than theirs. And that's just not the way that the world works. And so it's important to constantly be like challenging yourself and constantly be you know, analyzing yourself. And I'm not saying everyone needs to think this way. I know a lot of people that don't. But for the people that want their lives to improve, it's important that you actually take ownership over your shit and try to become the person that you say you want to be. Because if you don't do those things, if you're not constantly trying to improve yourself, then yeah, you're just degrading. You're really just like, leaving it up to chance that somehow you're going to change on your own. And you will, you will change on your own in certain ways, of course. I mean, that's something that happens to people as they get older. You know, you'll have more wrinkles, you'll get shorter. Maybe you'll get angry at young people for being on your lawn. But if you want the kind of like transformational changes or maybe you feel like from year to year, you're a completely different person in a more positive way, then it requires conscious um, behaviors and, and actual effort in that regard. And not just allowing your environment to dictate the changes that you make, because if you wait long enough and those changes don't come, then you're gonna be dead and wish that you had done things differently. Wow, that got a little heavy, didn't it? Is it a coincidence that the sun is no longer out in Berlin? <laughs> um, it looks like it might actually turn into a rainy day. I'm not sure. But anyway, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, feels like life is spiraling out of control in certain ways. But at the same time, I have also never felt happier. And I kind of wanted to talk about that because it's definitely, an, it definitely feels contradictory right now. Like my life feels contradictory. You know, it's, it's amazing to have, you know, these, these opportunities that I never thought would be possible um, on the horizon. But 
you know, having stability is, yeah, it's something that like we might take for granted. I mean, it's a trade-off when you go from being an employee to doing your own thing. There are some really amazing things that happen and, and there's a lot of fear that also comes with it. And when you factor in like other elements of your life outside of your career, like your family life, your mental health, um, your evolution of ideas, your emotions, I guess, uh, the external world that you are currently like living within. There are like a host of different things. When you factor all of that in, then life can get really scary really quickly. And I've even found myself like over the past like few weeks, like there are moments where I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm losing my mind. I actually feel like I'm going crazy. But a little bit of time passes that day and I just kind of go back to feeling, you know, somewhat normal again. It's, I guess it's mostly just like an overwhelming sense of stress at times, but it's not overwhelming in the sense that like, I wouldn't want it. It's probably a better way of saying it is like, it's like seeing a wave in the distance and it, it looks like it's really, really, really big and you're standing like right on the edge of the water. And then as the wave gets closer and closer and now you can see the shadow that the wave is casting over your legs and it's rising and now the shadow is over your belly button and it's rising up your arms. And then just as the wave is about to crash over you, it completely dissipates and it just becomes a calm sea again. That's how it feels. Because I realize like so many of the problems that we experience on a daily basis are problems that we blow completely out of proportion in our own minds and we project into the future so far that we start to like add variables into the situation that are not currently present but they feel like they're real because we're just drawing conclusions based on assumptions that we have about the present moment and so we're like oh my god if this happens then what will what am i going to do about that because you know i don't have enough money in the bank to survive if this happens and and well, if, if I find that I, that I can't, you know, get myself to where I need to be by this month, then aren't I going to have to become an employee again? I mean, that's just my own example, but it's not something that's worth worrying about because it hasn't happened yet and it most likely will not happen and I can't control it. I guess that's the thing is like, I can't control it. If I, no matter how much I think about it right now in this present moment, I cannot control three months from now. Which is not to say that I don't have control. I think that's like a really important thing to, to, to recognize is that like, if I make good decisions now in three months, then I will be in a place where maybe that is not a reality at all. The wave doesn't exist at all. So it's making decisions that will benefit me in the long term, but not obsessing over the long term as though it's something that's already written in stone.
And I, <clears throat> I see this happen a lot. I mean, it, it happens a lot with me where I just make mountains out of molehills. I love that expression, by the way. And because you spend so much time like focusing on things that are not actually real, it takes you out of the present moment when like you actually have the chance to make the changes that would benefit you and avoid that apocalypse from occurring. So it's something, you know, I, I really have noticed with the biographies that I've read and interviews that I've watched that somewhere around like the time that somebody becomes 30 years old, I think that they start to see life a lot differently. Maybe it's because at least in the West, uh, specifically in the United States, I should say, uh, it's not until we're 21 years old that we're able to drink alcohol. Not to say that we don't drink before 21, but you know, you're when you're 21 and 22, maybe even 23, I feel like it's such an exciting time because you know, you're, you're just going out and you don't have to worry anymore about having a fake ID and you're going to like bars and clubs and you're just seeing like, you know, how adults, how adults live. And there's just so much adventure and there's so many crazy nights and, you know, you tell all your friends about what happened the night before and then you're 24 and you're, you know, finally like making a little bit of progress in your job and there's a lot of excitement that comes with that because you're getting more responsibility and you're really feeling like you're wearing your big boy or big girl pants. And then you're 25 and now you should be a fucking adult based on what I thought when I was like 11 years old. And you're not. And then you're 26 and you're like, holy shit, I'm old. Why, am I, why, don't, why don't I feel like I have my shit together yet? And then you're 27 and you're like, oh my God, I'm old and I'm only getting older and I still feel the same. And then you're 28 and you're like, okay, if things don't fucking change, I literally am going to lose my goddamn mind because like I'm, I'm just, I still feel like I'm the same person in a, in a lot of ways as I was the year before. But I will say when I turned 29, my life changed. It was around the time that like I was um, 28, like towards the end of being 28, that I, you know, started to change some things about myself. And I guess like I finally took accountability for certain behaviors that I was engaging in. And it was also around that time that I started to really chase like topics around spirituality and who knows, maybe this would have happened a lot sooner if not for COVID and not having that lockdown. Or maybe it would have happened a lot later and maybe COVID was just um, an accelerant that was thrown onto the already burning fire. I don't know. But I have seen that as like a common thread in a lot of biographies and just, you know, the interviews, as I mentioned, that I've watched, where when people are reaching the age of 30, they start to kind of like, Maybe it's that like they had a lot of the inner part of the puzzle figured out. And I don't mean inner, like internal. I mean, when you look at an actual puzzle, there's a lot of 
um, pieces that you put together in the very middle of the of the puzzle but it's once you've actually built the outline of the puzzle like the border that you can start to you know really make a lot of progress quickly and i think that's what happens with people when they're in their 20s is that they're building the in, inner part of the puzzle and you know they're getting like a lot of these like disparate parts connected and they're like okay so these are things that i like really like these are situations that i never want to find myself in again these are red flags in a relationship and then you're 30 or approaching it and now a lot of the border of the puzzle is completed and you're like oh i am actually seeing how all of these parts that i didn't really connect earlier fit together as well and so you know having a really positive um feeling about my career can trickle down into the relationships that i have with my friends and with my uh partner and the way that I treat my partner will definitely have a huge impact on obviously like how my partner feels, but also like how I treat other people that I love in my life. And if I feel like I can never make my partner feel seen and loved and heard, then how do I expect to make everyone in my life feel loved and seen and heard? But then it goes to an even deeper level, which is the level that I'm at now. I used to think it was like, okay, if I can't be like a great boyfriend, like be a better partner to my, um, if I can't be a better partner to my girlfriend, then how am I going to like, yeah, be a better person in general? Uh, The deeper level is like, I need to like be in love with myself. I need to like actually own my own mistakes and flaws and recognize that it does not change my worth as a person. It does not mean that I'm a bad guy. It does not mean anything. We give the actions that we, we give like the outcomes, the meaning, right? You know, objectively speaking, if, if a tree branch falls and it crushes a bench and, you know, there's nobody sitting on the bench, it crushes the bench underneath it, it's just a tree branch fell onto an object and broke the object. But if it's the bench that you paid 600 euros for or $600 and yeah, it's your bench, of course, then it has meaning and you're like, holy fuck, that's fucked up. That's my bench. I spent a lot of money on that. Now you have to go to the store. You have to buy another one. You have to assemble it. And, you know, maybe in the back of your mind, you're always going to be thinking, well, should I put it in the same spot if the last time I had it here, it broke or it was crushed? And so that's with like a lot of stuff that happens in our lives. You know, we we give it the the value, we give it the meaning. And if you start internally, like the most internal part of yourself, which is like, do I like myself? Do I trust myself? Do I want to spend time alone? Do I believe that I'm worth it, if you focus on those topics, then everything else becomes easier. So it's actually kind of the opposite of the puzzle example in the sense that like in the puzzle example, you probably want to build the border first and then everything else internally will kind of come together. But in your own self-discovery, the border is your deepest sense of self. 
the border of the puzzle is your deepest sense of self. And if you're able to build the border or build from that place, that's the foundation that everything else can be built from like with a solid foundation of like understanding yourself and, and treating yourself well and understanding your patterns and building good habits that really benefit you. Yeah. You can really fall in love with yourself and therefore fall in love with other people in your life and just be better. You know, I'm not perfect. I still have moments where I'm on the phone with my mom and I just feel like such an asshole because I know that it, every single day could be the last conversation that we have and will find myself still thinking about other things that are not relevant or still find myself frustrated if there's like a loud noise on her side of the phone or you know I'll criticize something that she says or something that she does and then feel like such a fucking dick because I know deeply in my soul how much this woman has sacrificed for me and how much she loves me and how much I love her. And yet we still let these petty things get in the way of us living the life that we want to live. So that's maybe where a lot of people find themselves when they're in their thirties is that they start to realize like what's really important in this life and stop focusing as much on the external because it's out of our control. And that's kind of where I think you see like a very large separation of what we would consider successful people from who we would consider to be, you know, above average. So like extremely successful versus above average, because there is a huge difference between those two things. And when you're looking at somebody who's above average and comparing them to someone who's average, the above average person can look like a superstar. But if you apply the person who's like literally superb or very successful, if you want to call them that, compared to the above average person, it's like they're literally leagues apart from each other. Because one person, maybe like the above average person is just super good at what they do at work, but maybe they don't have a handle on their emotions and their stress and their mental health. Or like they don't have passions outside of work and like that's just how they identify themselves. Um, and of course, everybody's got their own definition of what success means, but I see success as like a harmonious balance of kind of just like a human being, being in touch with themselves spiritually and emotionally and mentally and having positive relationships and feeling happy and fulfilled. And yes, I think that material wealth is a certain element of success, but it all comes down to like what you actually want. And I know a lot of people that say that they, they want to be wealthy, but then they won't actually take the steps to become wealthy. And when you say you want to become wealthy, I think it's also very important to understand how much wealth wealthy is. Because if you're comparing yourself to what Elon Musk considers to be wealthy, then that's really different than what, you know, someone who's living in the middle of the United States might consider wealth. And yeah, obviously everywhere in the world has different ideas, but the point is, you know, when you start to figure out yourself, you can really make that, that giant leap 
um, to becoming like very successful by your own standards. Again, it's not about just your career or anything like that. It's just about feeling like you have a handle on this world that we're in, that you understand why things happen the way that they do, or at least you're able to assign meaning to them and able to let go of the things you can't control and just be generally more grateful, I would say, for the life that you have. So yeah, maybe today when, oh, actually I wanted to share uh, an exercise with you really quickly, just like something that might help you in the future if you ever feel like you're about to lose your temper. Um, This was from Peter Atiyah. I heard it on the Joe Rogan podcast. He said, when you start to feel like you're about to like lose control and, and get angry with someone, imagine that you're actually 80 years old and you've just used a time machine to bring yourself to that very moment of your life with that person. And it's the only time that you're ever going to have in that time machine, in that moment with that person. I mean, I feel like it doesn't really require any further explanation. And so often, I mean, that's exactly how the way, that is exactly the way that the world works, that this is the last moment in most cases, unless, you know, something like this does happen. The last moment that we have with that person Potentially, it's always the last moment that we have with that person. And yet, we're still so good at pretending or lying to ourselves and saying, yeah, whatever, I'll apologize later. Or it's not that big of a deal. Or why do they always overreact? It's like, well, there is a lot of weight. And uh, it's kind of our responsibility as fellow humans to constantly put things into perspective again to help people live a more fulfilling life and also help put their themselves at ease right because like i really don't believe in having um what's the right word like loose ends i guess although it kind of sounds like i'm murdering someone or committing a crime i don't really believe in loose ends uh what that means is like i want to make peace every single day with the people that are in my life. And if I feel like I've done or said something that really like hurt someone, then I want to acknowledge them and let them know that I'm sorry. And that, you know, like I called my mom the other day, we had a long conversation. And at some point there was just so much background noise and my ear pod, oh my God, I just said it like my mom says it, ear pods. Oh my God, you guys can fucking punch me in the face the next time you see me. My AirPods were super loud. And I found that I was um, getting frustrated really quickly. And I finally snapped and I was like, okay, you know, mom, there's a lot of noise in the back. I'm going to go. And I felt like such a dick. You know, because I was so angry. I was so frustrated. I hate having loud noises in my ears, especially when I can't control it, unless it's music. But again, if I can't control it, it does tend to to bother me. Unless it's like a club or something. Come on, guys. I know. But um, I called her back in like five minutes or so. And I apologized. And I said, you know, I'm really sorry for losing my temper. And But you know, what would have happened if in that five minutes something had happened? You know, that's the thing that people don't think about. It's like, yeah, sure, we can always apologize later for the things that we do. 
But one day you're going to go to apologize and that person's not going to be there. And at that point, you know, you're only, you're going to know what your real intentions were at that time. And people are probably not going to blame you. You know, it's probably going to be something like that. But you do hear a lot of stories where people will say that they got into an argument with someone and then that was the last time that they ever spoke to them, you know, and that just hangs on them for the rest of their life. They just always think back that that was the last interaction that they ever had with that person. So, you know, it's not just about like whether or not you can make peace with other people, though. I also think it's important to apply that same principle to yourself and to realize like if the last thing that you ever think about yourself or you ever think to yourself is that you're a waste of space and that you would be lucky for anyone to want to be with you and then you get hit by a truck, you know, that's also a loose end. And I think it's really important to just try to like continue to give yourself love and give yourself like emotional hugs from time to time, whether or not you actually hug yourself is up to you, but just like forgive yourself and just say, Hey, it's okay. You're doing great. You're here. We're having this conversation right now that shows that you really care and that you are going very far and I love you. So, yeah. All right. Well, this has been a pretty productive episode. It is now 1018. So it has been a little over an hour, I would say. Let's see. Wow. This is a long one, you guys. But um, again, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. I hope that this was helpful and yeah, let me know. I mean, you guys kind of can probably easily find me anywhere. Uh, feel free to reach out. Just tell me what you think or or don't. And, you know, have a great day. Either way, <laughs> I will talk to you guys in episode 19. See ya.